listening to Around Comics. Welcome back to another episode of Around Comics. I had my I had everybody's mics muted, so no one heard me. <laughs> Something's no one wrong. Me. Yeah, something was wrong. But you're you're listening, you're watching Around Comics, episode 370. This is episode 370, I Legacy of Brutality. Count. And collector's count. edition. I kind of have to keep this count. one is bagged and boarded now. No, when are we, we going to do around comics number one? We never. Well, I think number one toyed around with negative one, a zero issue. We had to delete. Yeah. What was it? Episode three, I think. Uh, episode three, and then there was uh, an interview with uh, one of our favorite creators that uh, um, we had to take down as well. Yes. If we ever need blackmail material, we can. Episode three sixty eight. As far as the <laughs> no, because there's been oh, a yeah. lot of which uh, I yeah. actually heard. I, I heard someone else talk about that creator for being uh, saying some real uh, off color dickish stuff, Ooh. and it was on well, a pod- it was on a podcast that you uh, suggested to me. Really? Yeah. L- recently? Yeah. Yeah. Is oh. it an X Man? Oh no, kidding! Which, which, which I, which I, yeah, which I, I did enjoy. I enjoy the. It's a good podcast. podcast. Yeah, I keep I keep recommending other comic book podcasts to people, and I'm afraid they probably like theirs better. Like I like somebody tweeted about um, the Marvel Method with Method Man because we talked about the. <laughs> method. Mm-hmm. Oh great! Somebody's like, yeah, somebody's method like Method oh, Man yeah. needs more attention. Come on, right? God damn it! Yeah, and they loved it. So it's like, oh well, I guess we lost that. Well, list. There we go. Yeah. Oh, we got room for one comics podcast. All right, I'll have to. It's true crime podcasts only from now on, and uh, oh god, you know, yeah. romance podcasts. I can't listen to true crime podcasts. Uh, I'm not a big fan. I don't. I don't. There's most a few because, that I've enjoyed. There's a few that I've enjoyed, but most of them I always find very like. I don't know. There's something like. There's a part of me that's like, but somebody died. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're know, objectifying like... someone's murder. <laughs> and then like... you're making cool t-shirts about it. And yeah, like... it's just, it's always seems like a little bit like, uh, I don't know if this is like, right? Like everything, everything's grist for the mill, the content mill of like, but it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I want to do Maybe murders uh, <laughs> shouldn't be on the list of things, but maybe not. It's, maybe it's, not. Not. it's amazing. That's it's me, a, though. Well, the, 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 like the the true crime stuff. Does it does it seem like it is like an, an inordinate amount of like twenty something and and like early thirty something women that love these podcasts? I don't think it's just that, but yeah, there's definitely, I mean, my daughter yeah. is a huge fan of that. The one that's really popular, the two women, I don't, yeah. I can't think of the name of it. Making my, fav- my favorite murder. That's it. My favorite murder. Yeah. 
She loves that. And I will give yeah. them credit. Like they've built it into something that kind of goes beyond just like the, the murders and the yeah. stories. Like they've used it to sort of like, you know, almost educate women on, on like, you don't have to be nice to some weirdo because he's mm -hmm. probably going to kill you. Like, you know, that kind of <laughs> that's can you help me put the sofa in a van? Yeah, you exactly. Because, I mean, serial killers have taken advantage of the fact that women are physically, you know, yeah. intimidated by men. And, and most of the time they're smaller, mm -hmm. weaker, that kind of a thing. And, you know, a guy comes up to them and they use that to their advantage to, to, uh, yeah, for their victims. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, they had this big sort of like, they had like bracelets and stuff made that said, you know, fuck being nice or something like that. Or like, you know, just the idea yeah. of you don't have to be nice to every creep that comes up yeah. to you. Like it, yeah. it might save your life. It's okay to be shitty to someone. Uh, they'll get over it if they're not a serial killer. And if they are a serial killer, they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. 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 Which can I, can I uh, bring this to comics real quick? Absolutely. We are around comics. We are every, everywhere in and around. Um, have you guys been keeping up with Serial by Terry Moore? It's only uh, three issues in. Uh, no. I'm three issues behind. You're three issues behind? <laughs> I've read hey -oh. It is, hey -oh. it is behind. exactly what Sal was, was talking about. It's, it's those, it, it's a, it's a female serial killer and she uses all of those scenarios, but kind of, you know, flips the script on them to lure in these horrible men that she's killing and it is fucking creepy there is a scene in this third issue where mm -hmm. she goes to visit her her mother who has alzheimer's and i'm i won't spoil it but the uh just the dialogue you can't say between them but the dialogue in that scene was some of the creep creepiest comic booking i've read in a long time it was uh it's really good i'm i'm enjoying serial is that your favorite serial killer comic um <laughs> my friend Dahmer probably being the other one that devil's highway did have the trucker uh serial killer yeah. twist to it yeah and that's um you know serial does i don't believe there are any truckers in there there may be maybe Yet. some Yet. Yeah, it's bold um, to call yourself serial, you know. With the, the mm -hmm. I guess, ah, uh, the podcast with isn't the, as popular. As I don't, it was I don't think Terry Moore is probably stealing from the serial podcast audience, even though they, I could see, I mean, it makes it harder, there. To, makes it yeah. harder to search for it. That's NPR. People that listen to NPR seem to, you know, read a lot of black and white comics. Um, I listen to NPR, so that was my generalization. Yeah. <laughs> Wow! Make your search engine results harder to <laughs> decipher. After uh, after last week's uh, kerfuffle, oh god, kerfuffles! The entire, plural. Asian, the entire Asian community, yeah. black community. I apologize to everyone and understand that I am old, and sometimes the connections have frayed a little bit from uh, from na names and faces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. So. Uh, I apologize to everyone, unequivocally. It's okay. You don't have to apologize. You don't have, don't apologize to anyone. F fuck everybody. <laughs> I, I, don't, I make no apologies. Kiss my ass. Get on with your life. Relax. No apologies. Uh, Sorry. 
just how I'm feeling today. Hey, Wayne Mustow <laughs> said Tom took my idea of a zero issue, so let's go with a minus one episode, a negative mm -hmm. one. We should we do a, a negative one zero mm -hmm. double zero, zero issue? How about a half on comics zero hour half uh, issues. half issues? God, no fucking. So okay, so <laughs> that 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 reminds me of the ninety. That comics are stupid. <laughs> It's I, I forget if it's on Amazon Prime or Netflix, but have either one of you seen the Image Revolution documentary? Oh, you were talking about this uh, on ACTV, yeah. No, I, I saw a part of it, I think. If I might have fallen asleep. It is so weird between trying to be like a historically accurate, you know, documentary <laughs> of that time happened. in comics. And it is what happened from their perspective, right? From from image and their perspective. And then it's also it kind of it's like, did image pay to have this made? Because it's very, <laughs> very much a you know and then image. Image comics. destroyed everything. It else. Was, well, the so here's the funny thing. It's like after the original six, like got together, started their studios. It does go into the legalities of that, which is really interesting, which I never really understood, but nobody owned anything. That was, that's the, the deal is that the only thing that is image is like the logo and the name. That's it. And then everyone else is just at their own studios and then publishing under, under that name. But they go through like the whole rise and then crash, and which was probably what about 96, six, 96 or so. I don't know. It's a when did The Walking Dead debut? I want to say 2000, 2000 or 2001. Four. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably I can look at 2004 ish. 2000. I'll look it up. So in the documentary, it's like they go to the crash and then there is nothing, nothing between like 96 and Robert Kirkman. 2003. Okay, 2003. Well, so, you know, so seven, probably, I mean, nobody seven, gave a shit about it for a year at least. Yeah. Before yeah. The, but it's just really weird in the documentary. It's like, oh, yep. And then the bottom fell out and that was that. And then... Robert Kirkman. <laughs> and so it's like there's like seven years of image. They were they were still publishing during that time, right? Uh sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean yeah. um I think it was a lot less and it was really fractured, uh, you know, from what I remember. Um, but yeah, they just yeah. I'm sure the documentary doesn't want to go over. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the issue came out every three years. So, so <laughs> um, but there was still other stuff being published at Image the, in that in that time, not by the original six. I mean, Image had actually kind of evolved into a into I mean, kind even of a the, different brand. Even the Wikipedia page kind of jumps. It's like um, the focus of non-studio comics increased when Valentino took on the role of Image's publisher, assuming many of the responsibilities held by Martyr until Martyr left the company in 1999. The company's mm -hmm. position in the North American mar direct market diminished 
in the 2000s, challenged by Dark Horse Comics and IDW Publishing for the position of third largest publisher after Marvel and DC. In February of 2004, Larson replaced Valentino as publisher, largely contributing or continuing existing business practices. Larson stepped down as publisher in, in July of 2008. And then yada, yada, yada. Image yeah. added Robert Kirkman as the company's first new partner. Yeah, so I mean, they kind of just jump around they, they don't you know it was like 97 was sort of where it started to fall apart um 90 yeah 96 97 yeah but the, i mean there's some other interesting things first of all you, you um i don't know if people realize how important valentino was to the whole image push he he really i think added a lot of i don't know common sense to what they were doing his stuff is really cool. Um, the other thing that was that struck me as as odd is that you know at the time uh, this is this is coming from um, oh um, uh, Weifeld. Yeah, Jim Lee was great. Sylvester was the guy that that they were all kind of almost intimidated by as an artist. Really? Yeah. Is it like Sylve Yeah, Weifeld says like Syl Mark Sylvester would draw circles around anyone at image well that wasn't that hard to do to be honest other than yeah. chip i mean <laughs> who was <laughs> yeah i mean liefeld was very creative explosively you know sort of lots mm -hmm. of ideas and stuff but he wasn't i don't think anyone would ever consider him i don't think he was the greatest draftsman in the world yeah jim lee was a terrific mm. artist obviously jim, jim lee is i think you know in that you know mount rushmore of of comic draft yeah at this point i mean the draftsman you know yeah um mcfarlane you know i think he his stuff was very <laughs> affable uh, people enjoyed mm -hmm. it but i wouldn't you know i don't know that he's ever going to go down in history as one of the great artists in comics i always go back to his spider-man run which i remember everyone mm -hmm. freaking out about and I'm never impressed by the Spider-Man stuff. You know, I actually, if there's anything that is resonates McFarlane for me, it's like that first run of Spawn. Boy, I, I didn't mm. really like his Spider-Man. I like to, I like the oh, webs. Really? The webs are cool. I, I, you know, I think, I think part of it is like, have you ever seen like the McFarlane Infinity Inc. stuff that he did that just sure. looks so like the breaking the panel borders and just like mm -hmm. it did not look like a dc comic in 1980 yeah, at all differences yeah and now like was he that kind of yeah he was that early like 84 wow really like okay. in there wherever like with infinity inc i might be off by a couple of years right but like now that stuff's just like what comics look like but yeah. when you look at that stuff and you look at what else is coming out at the time you're like, oh my god! Like, there yeah. isn't a DC comic that looks like that, you know? Like, eighty-seven was uh, Infinity Inc. He started in eighty-four in yeah, epic, epic comics. So, yeah, epic. Oh, epic comics. I think McFarlane stuff was was really cool, and like you said, it was very, very different. And I think that was all of these guys. Mm -hmm. It was very exciting and different and new compared to because I think you 
you know, like you had a lot of these guys that were in comics for a long time still doing comics. They were the big yeah. names. And it was mm-hmm. you know, a lot of house, house style stuff, or it was a lot of artists that had learned from those guys. Mm-hmm. From that it was in, in the documentary. Second generation. They, they oh, make it, it really clear that, I mean, McFarlane talks about it. He's like, he's like, there are two things that led to image. It's the guys wanted more creative freedom. They felt like they were really being held back by, by editorial, but they could have lived with that. What they really wanted was money and they deserved it because they were selling millions and millions of comics and they they i don't think anyone the fact that what they did was the right thing for them oh no yeah oh yeah can't argue like they know what they did was absolutely right for their careers it made all of their careers it made them millionaires. Well, None they of knew, them they, knew they were the product. They were yeah. the product. It wasn't yeah. the characters anymore. They were the product, and they weren't getting paid for it. Yeah. And it's well, what Tom's, well, they, okay, they weren't making the money they should have been making in proportion to what they were bringing to the table. And I mean, and let's they, be honest. Every character they created at Image was just a you know <laughs> a Batman <laughs> or Spider Man. I mean, they. I mean, I'll fight you fine, on some of that. It's the fine tradition of comic books. Initially, initially, oh, well, I mean, characters were so fucking different that they came up out with. Yeah, I mean, well, a lot I mean, of that it, is because those were all ideas that they that they were holding on to that they you know were gonna spawn. Images, yeah, is spawn like is Batman meets Spider Man. Okay, so, sure. Im- image is just like a is just the chapter in the long tradition of comics being kind of a scam and also kind of. <laughs> art, 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 and scam, sort of like mixed together in a way where not scam like as in I'm defrauding you, but like it's a the huckster, the huckster yeah. sort of like right. come be part of the show, you know, like this is the hot new thing, the bark, you know, like, the, carnival the bark, bark, carnival bark. That's why Stan, Stan that's why Stan Lee was so good at what he did. Yeah, the Stan you Lee. Know, it's really interesting. I, I, so. One of the things as a 50-year-old comic book fan, and as we talked about before the show, like sort of getting older and getting a little wiser and trying to not let my ego dictate all of my actions, one of the things is like, and we talked about this, Chris, a little bit on ACTV, is like I'm having a difficult time with the fact that comics are changing (laughs) <laughs> you know what i mean and and these yeah. characters that i grew up loving are no longer necessarily around or they're being changed or the mantles are being passed that kind of thing as much as i don't want that to you know like i don't want to admit it the fact is that i i don't like a lot of it and it was interesting i, I was listening to um grant morrison's book super gods oh yeah i, I was, I was okay. i've been i just started listening to that and in the first chapter he you know it's all about superman the creation of superman and that kind of thing and and it really made me realize of like you know it's it's always the same thing comics have always been the same thing it's it's mm-hmm. it's just giving the oppressed people of the world a feeling like they're special you know superman was you know, just giving kids a feeling like I could be super, I can be Superman. Clark Kent is the guy you relate to. 
but Clark Kent underneath is Superman. And then it became Spider-Man, you know, yeah, like, they, like, they revolutionized those... it whenever they, they put kids as the, as the heroes, but with Peter Parker. Yeah. Right. And, but to Tom's point, it's just a matter of it's, it's giving people what they want. It's that huckster con man Barker thing, but it's really mm -hmm. just giving people that feel shitty about themselves or not even shitty about themselves, but just because we all feel shitty about ourselves in one way or another, right? Like at some point in our life, we mm -hmm. feel inadequate. We feel, you know, I, I'm going to say oppressed, but, I, but, and that might be more, more relevant today than necessarily when we were younger, but people that are looking for something because they're not happy about some part of their life and you're giving that to them. And that's just that yeah. huckster thing. That is, it's always been that way. And that kind of was like a realization yeah. of like, Oh, step, step inside of the tent and escape for an hour or. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's what comics are. And, and it's like, that's what, that's all that comics are doing now. They're just yeah. doing it to a different group. Come look you know? at the really weird thing that makes you feel like you are not so weird. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the carnival. Yeah, sort yeah. of the freak show, but even more so of just like, here's something that could be you. Here's mm -hmm. here's a black Captain America. You know, what I mean, here is here is you know Asian. Here's an Asian hero. Here is you know what I mean, Asian Superman, or here is a lesbian Batwoman, or here is you know what I mean. It's, it's all the same yeah. thing. It's just like it, they're just giving people that escapism that this could be you 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 really are special because we i think that's like a common especially like in america that is a very common thing we grow up with like believing of our unique mm -hmm. special uh, yeah, you know yeah. inside of all of us is something super and special and yeah, yeah. you know we're just waiting to be discovered or waiting to be found and and, and there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong, with, wrong that. with that no if if, if it's if, if it's, it's you know, you know Purest form. Purest form. Get a little bit of an echo. None of you are special. None of <laughs> no one out there is special. You're None of you are special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like the the yeah. I think of like the image stuff, and you think of like you think of like what a George Perez DC comic look like, which yeah. I love, right? But that's like a very specific style of how like things are and then you compare that to like a McFarlane page and it's like oh this is like yeah. what is this you yeah, know like completely different completely like and it's like you know would I ever say that it's like better than a George Perez like no George Perez is great he's like one of the great artists but like it's it's his style right and like yeah. everything fits in its place and like it has like every character is meticulously put into their location, you know, and then someone comes along that's kind of like, ah, well, we're just going to break all those things. And like, we're going to have a big, the character's going to be huge in the corner, you know, and like, just like, you know, break every page will have a giant face silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, which seems stupid in hindsight, orders. <laughs> right. It seems like, what is that? Well, why would anyone get excited about this? But you know, like when you're a kid or you're, comics are all cheap thrills right so it's like you get that rush of like oh what is this this is like this is weird you know like well not to uh not to segue too hard into actual comic book talk but one of the books i wanted to talk about this week is um ultra mega mm -hmm. um which 
I think it's by James Heron uh, with colors by Dave Stewart. But uh, I think James Heron is like that, that the perfect comic book artist in, in, in the sense of like, he, he draws comics. Like he really draws comics for, for, you know, what they should be. I don't know. I don't even want to say that, like not what they should be, but like he is, uh, to me, he's like the next Kirby in a sense where everything is about energy and, and big and bold and exciting. And it's, it's so comic booky. Like I said, yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to say he's the best comic book artist ever. I think he's great, but it's just like, it's perfect for comics. Yeah. Like what he does is perfect for comic books. Well, it's also, you know, the comparison I just made with like, you look at McFarland or George Price, it's like, look at a Jack Kirby, Jimmy Olsen book compared to what a Jimmy Olsen book looked like before, <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh my God, what the hell is this? There's like giant cars and like huge planets floating and, you know, like it's stuff yeah. like that where it's like, oh, wait a second. Like, you know, like you can do this in a Jimmy Olsen comic, or you can like put jam this much stuff in there. So yeah, it, you can. Step, yeah, you can. You can jam as much in there as you want. Put as much like action in there and as much like drama as you can. You don't have to like live by the rules. Yeah, of whatever's going on. But no, I love I love the art in Ultra Mega. It's great. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now. It's really. It's it's crazy. It's it's a so lot of energy. It's a lot yeah. of energy. Yeah, tons of energy, but also like tons of fun. Like I can tell he's having a blast drawing every single panel. Uh, and sometimes that's a little bit to the detriment of the storytelling. I think sometimes a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've talked about um, oh, what's his name? Uh, shit, I can't think of his name now. There's an artist that is very well liked. And I've always said, like, I have a hard time following his storytelling. Oh, um, it's a little over the just talking about this. Is it Umberto Ramos? Yes. Umberto Ramos Ramos is a phenomenal artist, right? But I think sometimes he's so good and, and puts so much into every page and panel that it actually makes it harder to read. And I think if, if James Heron has any fault, as a comic book artist, it's that it's like he's having so much fun yeah. and doing so many you know things in every panel that it's it, it at times can be a little uh, confusing for the yeah. narrative of the story. But it's kind of like eat you eating a really rich meal. You know, sometimes you you need something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Something, something that's not so rich. Face, yeah. It's all yeah. just like, gah, gah. You, it, you know, yeah. at some point you're. I need a palate cleanser, yeah. you know, and then we'll dive back in. And it's like, yeah, if every panel is is crazy intense, then uh, then, then, then are yeah yeah yeah. Then but he kind of it numbs you to it. Yeah, but no, it's it's really cool. I'm trying to think of you know any comparisons and yeah, I mean it, it's there's a lot of. I think there's a lot of influence there from a lot of different people. But I was thinking like James Stoko. Is it Stoko or St- it's um I don't know. Stoko, Stokey, Stoke. Stokey. I don't know. I think it's Stoko, but 
Yeah, but yeah, I, James Falco is sort of it. I think um, there's stuff in there. Daniel, that... or Daniel, what's his name? The guy who did Dead Planet, Wonder Woman, Dead Planet, mm -hmm. and he just who, came who, out. With... Who is he's from Chicago? So yeah, track uh, this guy down. Do you want me to hunt him down and hunt and him down? Drag like him the to comic book artist. He is not artist <laughs> and writer. Um, which was another comic that I read this week was the Beta Ray Bill, uh, which is really good. But the second uh, one out, I don't. It might come out. Daniel Warren Johnson mm -hmm. uh, is the other artist, but uh, I don't know if the second one's come out yet. It might be this yeah, week. The first or, one was good. I liked it. Yeah, I I really liked it. Yeah, but Ultra Mega good. is really fun and wacky and crazy, and it's about like a some sort of kaiju superhero kind of an ultraman-esque character that is created to fight uh against giant monsters so the whole comic is just basically giant monster fights and um and weird shit like the why the guy has this power like people get infected mm -hmm. in this story people get infected with the ability to turn into into ultra mega which is the the or into these ultra mega superheroes basically that are uh, created to fight giant monsters, and um, yeah, it's a it's a cool concept. It's a it's it's actually I think a little deeper than maybe even it it initially appears to be, but it's just the art is so amazing. It's just so full of energy, and every panel is just you can kind of just spend a lot of time looking at all the things that he puts into these some of these pages yeah, are just it's kind of the stoko thing i was going for it's just yeah there's, just, mm -hmm. yeah uh and just but he these has are not this, john byrne backgrounds no <laughs> he has this really amazing ability to like create tension in his drawings where he he uses line work in a really interesting way to create tension. Like he will, he will use a lot of, and it's not like, it's not uncommon. He just seems to really emphasize it where he'll use a contrast between where he wants your eyes directed. It'll be a lot of lines. And then next to it will be a lot like really sparse. You know what I mean? Like he, he did, he just does an excellent job of that, of like, the creating tension in these panels using his line work, which I think a lot of times artists don't even think about that so much, you know, and where he really, really, they're well-designed um, pages. Yeah. And, and just, he, I mean, he's, his monsters are grotesque yeah. and veiny and lots everything is, stuff. It's great. yeah, just lots of gross. <laughs> shit. Um, but the second issue came out last week's two issues out of Ultra Mega, and it's it's really really good. It's really fun, just like super comic booky. It's it's you know you couldn't do this anywhere else. Yeah, and it, I mean it wouldn't have the same impact. I don't think even if you ha you would have to spend four billion dollars on a film to get the same sort of like amount of special effects that he's able to put into this book mm -hmm. but there's another book i'll talk about later that you couldn't do in any other medium that i read this week that was really interesting but yeah so anyway ultra mega like i said i didn't mean to hard segue into oh, switch talk. Yeah. Uh, ultra mega is awesome um, i'll throw yeah. one up there real quick 
<laughs> goodness, excuse me. Um, Chain to the Grave, second issue came out. Um, just, you like just, this book. Kate, uh, Kate Sharon is the art. I like the art more than the book. But I like the art. I don't the art. The art is awesome. It's it's yeah. just pretty to look at. So in when we were you know talking talking art there, I I like that Kate Sharon. But uh, um, the the coloring, it's even more the coloring than anything is fantastic. This is a diff, totally different book in black and white. The the art definitely did bring me to the book initially. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really cool. Um, but man, I couldn't understand this story at all. <laughs> You're like, what is happening in this story? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty LSD fever dream kind of kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but it looks really. This is a worth it for the art book for me. So, all right, is that a thing? No, is that a worth it for the, the, the official? <laughs> worth, worth it for the art. Boom! <laughs> I read Batman Fortnite. This is oh, hilarious to me. Number one, did, did did you get a digital version or did you go to a comic shop and buy it? Digital version. Okay, because apparently the physical ones are are polybagged because Ooh. there's a there's a code for the game in the comic. And oh, so uh, wow, there you yeah. go. So so they have to protect the code. So we're back to polybagging. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's it was awesome. It was great. Really? It, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was just like. <laughs> did he win? Did he win? Well, you gotta tune tune in next time to see what happens. <laughs> I mean, it's just really it's it's funny because I think what it succeeds in doing is instead of trying to make Fortnite serious, it it just um, it accepts that Fortnite is ridiculous, which is what it is. It's like a ridiculous concept of like. So, you know, Gotham City, there's this giant rift opens in Gotham City and uh, bad guys are trying to run into it and Batman gets sucked into it and he gets brought to the world of Fortnite where yeah. he doesn't remember who he is, but there's a yeah. bunch of villains and they're all fighting each other and Catwoman's there and he knows that he knows Catwoman, but they don't like know each other. He just knows that they know each other. And it's just sort of like fight scenes and just goofiness and like... It's very unserious, um, but fun, you know, like it's just like uh, they did a really good job of something that could have been dumb or just like tossed away. And I actually found myself enjoying it quite a bit. Did the island get smaller as the comic? Went yeah. Along? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was great. It starts, it starts closing in on them and it's just Batman and Catwoman are the only two left. They beat everyone. Oh, don't spoil it. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I, <laughs> of course it was Batman. Yeah, of course Batman wins. Yeah. But it was fun just to watch him like fight all these character like weird ass Fortnite characters and like it wasn't serious. It wasn't like trying to be like add some sort of it was like the goofiness of video games meets the goofiness of comics. Okay. And they just sort of like Who wrote owned it? Goofy? Who wrote uh, it? Because... Christos Gage wrote it with uh, Well, there you go. I mean, um, the art in it was cool too. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, yeah. uh, Riley Stage Brown, the kind of guy that's gonna he's gonna. Yeah, Riley Brown did the pen, uh, pencils. Nelson Farrow. Did he do? DeCastro did inks. Yeah. Riley Brown. Um, yes. The Sasquatch book. I can't. Remember. Uh, that sounds right. 
Yes, that sounds very right. Uh, but I don't I don't know <laughs> yeah. for sure. I mean, there's just like great scenes where someone yeah. like Batman's trying to figure out where he is and somebody rolls up in a boat to try and fight Batman. <laughs> and just like you know, they they just owned Fortnite. You know, it's just like Fortnite is goofy, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's like silly, it's violent but silly. And they didn't try and like loves make, that guy. Yeah. And they didn't try and make it into something it's not. They just kind of like rolled with it. It was cool. Nice. And Fortnite. Well, I mean, you play Fortnite? Have you played Fortnite, Tom? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I've played Fortnite. Yeah. I've played it a couple of times. My son loves it. He's a huge fan of it. His friend is like a top player in the world. Like, uh, oh, really? Yeah, like a like a top. I want to say. I play every once in a while. Is that his job? (laughs) <laughs> no, he's. I, I mean, he's like fifteen or something. So uh, not yet, but yeah. he's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's I, I play Fortnite every once in a while. I find it fun to like run around and like blast blast people, or more likely, I get killed first. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I find, I guess, as I get older, I if I was younger, I would have been like, who cares about it. Fortnite comic about Batman would doesn't take place in canon. Or, you know, like, you know, it's not canon. Yeah, you know, when you're like 16 or 17 or whatever, and you're like, what, this isn't going to count. Um, none of it counts. But uh, it, yeah, it was it was cool. It was I just on a whim? I was like, yeah, I, I I think I saw a tweet where someone's like, yeah, that was actually surprisingly pretty fun to read. So, uh, yeah, it was cool. I like, you know, it, it's, there's, there is like, you know, video games and comics have that indelible link to them of like historically people, you know, thinking that they're trash ways to spend your time, you know, like, you know, like they kind of have that like forever link. Like, that, a, yeah, yeah. Anything that's fun. You know, it's such a weird thing because I've, you know, my son's 15 he's a big video game player i it is one of these weird things of like he he wants to spend so much time doing it but a big part of why is because you know he he has a lot of friends on the game and like friends that he's actually never met like he has a bunch of friends that are all gamers and they all live in new york and like he talks to them every single day and he hangs out with them on the games and, you know, and he had, and, and, you know, there's part of me as a dad, it was just like, well, you can't just sit there and play video games all day long. But then I, I, I go back and I think about like when I was a kid and it was like, well, I would hang out with my friends all day long. Any free time that I had, mm-hmm. I would be hanging out with my friends all day long. And it's not like I was doing anything productive. You know, I might be doing something different than playing yeah. video games, but You're it was, like, here's it's, a, it's the new clubhouse. Here's a tire and a stick. Go outside. Yeah. <laughs> Roll it around like I used to do when I was a kid. Yeah. But it is yeah. this weird thing as a parent, you know, and it's like, I'm a parent, but I'm also a nerd. And it's like, uh, I, you know, like I get it, but I also don't get it. Like I, you know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's yeah. a strange kind of thing. Cause I play video games, but it's like, I don't, you know, I don't play. I don't have that same connection to video games that he does because it's not like I sit there and play with my friends online all the time. No, you were up at two o'clock in the morning playing River Raid on a you know 
was River Raid on was that Nintendo? It's I'm, I don't you know. know. Yeah, it was very solitary. You know, now gaming is no. I was up myself by the dark my face illuminated by the screen from Oregon Trail. I was up trying for the dysentery again. I was up till five or six in the morning playing Dungeons and Dragons. Is what I you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and now you do it online. Uh, we have uh, we have some yeah. we have a, a bunch of comments here from a new it looks like a new vi uh, visitor. Be confused. What is this? <laughs> and then he yeah, says, I, uh, have that. you guys seen the show Invincible? Yes. Hey, have we got a deal for you? Yes, we're going to be talking about that show on our uh, Patreon. Uh, yep. ACTV. Although we may release, I was going to ask you, Chris. Maybe we should release that one as a, a freebie. Ooh, uh, I like that idea. Not, yeah. Um, and then he yeah, asked, "Get people just a taste, just a taste." Give a little taste. Mm, mm. He asked, "Do you guys make comics?" Yeah. No, we just okay. talk about. Them. We just or just we're, talk. About we're around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not in it. It would no. be called income. <laughs> we wouldn't have time for this if we <laughs> made comics. Uh, we would. You know, we would. <laughs> Yeah, because every every, every yeah. book artist every and book creator has, has a podcast. podcast. They yeah. have all kinds of fucking time. Well, I read an interesting comic that I think um, could not. You couldn't tell this story really. Maybe in a t TV show, like a high budget television show, but I don't. You couldn't do this in a movie. Um, uh, it's called Universe. And it's it's out from Panel Syndicate, you know the the um, mm. the website panel yeah. panelsyndicate.com, which is um, uh, what's his name Brian K Vaughn's basically his own publishing house. He he just does stuff on there digitally. You can download it for whatever you you know choose to pay. Basically, it's a it's a uh, pay what you want system. Yep. But this is a comic by. Um, uh, an artist and writer, Albert Mont Montes, M-O-N-T-E-Y-S, who I'm not familiar with his work at all, uh, but it's called Universe, the Periodical of Cosmic Wonder. And I read the first two issues of it, um, and I didn't realize until the second issue that it's basically kind of like every issue issue is it's not an ongoing story but they're all based in this futuristic universe mm -hmm. um and and it's very i would say satirical in a way um artistically it it reminds me of like um a charles burns comic to some degree or um what's the guy that uh i don't have it you had me at charles burns yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I, I thought I had it there, but what's the other sort of indie guy, kind of like Charles Burns, really famous Chicago guy? Oh, Dan Klaus. Klaus. It's, it, it has a Klaus feel to it. Uh, yeah. You know that indie sort the kind of, of the, the, the kind of uncomfortable indie feel. <laughs> a little bit, and yeah. but but it's very. It's it's all in this future. You know, very uh, kind of sardonic future. Um, and the, like the first episode is a, or the first issue is about a guy who works for this corporation that made furniture 
and and then they went from making furniture to basically um creating wood synthetic wood that they then trademarked and owned all the wood in the universe so you could not make like you couldn't grow a tree what without them owning it and became really really rich and then they started working on other things and the owner of the company who's been dead for um i think a hundred years and is just a floating head in a in a like a round glass i love floating heads and glass <laughs> jars and floating head and glass jar I, dude i'm, in. I'm, I'm telling in. you this comic is amazing so if, if, if it, there's a talking monkey in this, the oh, deal wait. is absolutely fucking sealed. So he, this is just the first issue, and the second issue has nothing really to do with this first issue. But the first issue is he wants to send his his best, most efficient employee back in time because they have been working for a decade on time travel. Why a furniture company would be working on time travel, I'm not sure, but they've solved it. But they can only send someone back once because it'll take up 23% of the resources on the planet in order <laughs> to do it one time. That's so they, yeah. So they, so he's like, hey, I'm a business ant, man. I'm not a madman. I can't, I know I can't do it twice, but I can do it once. It's only 23% of the planet. <laughs> yeah. So he he wants to send this guy back in time so that to like the big bang and and he wants him to when he gets there to inscribe on the primordial um oh is it a land grab yes he, <laughs> of the universe it. god damn he, it he he wants to copyright the ba building blocks of the universe during the big bang so that when the future finally comes around. He they owns own the entire. Yes, yes, that's he the plan. It's amazing. It's this amazing story. But so far, there's six issues out. I've only read the first two, and the next episode is is nothing to do with that story. It's a completely different story about robots and how people now marry uh, robots, and you basically buy a robot and you program it. Yeah, uh, yeah. However, you like, and um, and then you marry it, and it's it's called a partner without a soul, and, and then like a black mirror. The comic it, it is kind of like that, except it's it, it's it's because the art is so sort of cartoonish and 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 sort of light to some degree. It's not nearly as as dark as it sounds. Like it's it doesn't yeah, look yeah. dark. It's very pretty. It's a very pretty comic book. I, it's hard to explain. But, it's but, it, but, it, but, it, but, dark. <laughs> it is dark. It's very dark. It's very. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah. so. The robot one, the second issue, um, the robots are programmed so they can't hurt anyone, and they're linked to their soulmate through like this blood infusion thing. You like you like when you get your uh, robot, you get your soulmate. You you like prick your thumb and bleed into a thing and then you put that in their brain and it creates this bond so they're bonded with you for eternity but there's That's there's too been, long. there's been, <laughs> there's been these long. weird there's been these isolated incidents of the robots 
killing their soulmates and they're trying so this woman who works for the company is trying to figure out why and i don't want to spoil it any more than i already have but okay. it's a really interesting book it looks great it, it's just it's awesome and you can pay whatever you want for it i mean it, it's worth you know whatever you could possibly pay it's definitely worth yeah. than you know more than 3.99 but you can get it on panel syndicate.com and it's uh so far i've I've had so much fun with this comic because mm. it's so bizarre and and nice. and really pretty. Yeah, it's really cool. And, oh, th so th what I was gonna say though, in the first issue, so the guy go back goes back in time, and then they don't tell him until he's there. But basically, he has to wait seventeen billion years to catch up to the future, and he's gonna he, like he's in this. He the suit that he's wearing keeps him from experiencing. Oh, no. No, it, it keeps him alive. He has all the yeah, resources exactly. for 17 billion 17, years. It won't no, let him die. He doesn't die and he doesn't age. It's only 30 seconds inside the suit. So time doesn't have any meaning in the suit, but he has to wait for 17 billion years or whatever it is to catch up to the, the present day. And so they show that like panel by panel by panel, like he's, you know, g going through time. And it's like, you couldn't do that. You like, you couldn't do that mm. in any other way, but it's like in one page, basically they show him go through millions of years of evolution and, and the world changing, you know, and, and all these things changing to him in like 12 panels. And it's just this amazing, you know, sort of little that sounds, that page. Cool. It's really cool. It's a really cool comic. Sounds, Sounds awesome. awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't know what it was at all. I had no idea. I just had seen it on panel. They had, you know, I'm on their mailing group. And so they sent me an email about it. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. And, and, um, you can get the, like the first volume one issues one through five is out. And then issue six is out. Um, and it's, it's, really, it's, it's really there's so much good stuff out there. It's like kind of how I was feeling about TV over the last few years is that, you you legit can't keep up with it all. There's so many good options out there, and that you know it's a great reminder reminder to go and check out the panel syndicate stuff because I I honestly kind of forget about it. I know, me too. I, and like I said, I signed up for their email list just so that I didn't forget. So that you know they send you an email yeah. when yeah. stuff comes out because it, it. I mean, there's some really good comics on there by some some awesome creators i mean mm -hmm. brian k vaughn does stuff on there he has Marcus three or four books. um they did uh, brian k vaughn and marcos martin did a walking dead story that's on there so there's a 28 page story in the walking dead called the walking dead the alien i don't know what it is but it's like it's on there it's not even through image or yeah so it's odd stuff well, like that that's if kirkman which, if you watch that documentary, you'd know that if Kirkman said, "Yeah, go ahead and do that," then that's cool because yeah, that. yeah, he owns it. He can do he whatever he wants. Yep. But Ed Brubaker has a series on there. Alex DeCampi, who has a series on there. Nice. Um, and then like this, I don't know who Albert Montes is or Montes, um, but uh, just a really good. This universe comic nice. is just really something different and special nice well, I, I will check that out absolutely um so we had originally planned tonight to um watch the uh, jupiter's legacy trailer yeah um, and then we got to to 
you be having? Do, do we want to watch? I, I let's watch it and and chit chat a little bit about it. But I think it can spawn some bigger conversations. So maybe we uh maybe we come back and talk about it a little bit more next week as well. Well, I don't care. We can wait till next yeah. week if you. I mean, no, yeah, no, I say. You got time. You got somewhere to go. You got somewhere to be. Nah, I'm just trying to keep, you know keep this show to that hour. You know, I'm all right. I'm working. Uh, let's take a look here. Well, let's do our Jupiter's legacy. Uh, oh God! Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, we're boxed in. Yeah. <laughs> and what we had to do to earn these powers. 90 Almost. years. Fake beard. 90 years. And what do we have to show for it? You We've made a old. difference, so. What was Dad like when he was younger? Nothing ever rattled the The man I knew was never at home when I was a kid. Too busy saving the world. That's cool. I want to talk about that. Brandon, Chloe, everything you do is a reflection on this family. You have to be the ideal. No one can live up to the ideal. Not even Dad. That's like a Netflix budget beard. Well, it's not working. It's it used to be. Did you protect your country? Yeah. They call you a hero. The world is changing. So I guess we're gonna have to change with it. whether I can do this anymore. You do the right thing. Somebody dies. You do the wrong thing. Somebody dies. So what would you do if you were the one calling the shots? May seventh, only on Netflix. Um, I hate the song, but well, yeah. uh, man, that it, it looks amazing. I like it looks the colors and the the filming of it, it just looks beautiful. Yeah, and it yeah. looks like the comic. Uh, yeah. Oh, in for sure. I mean, yeah. That yeah. one scene of them all floating down in the sun, you know, so hazed like that's straight out of the comic book. You got what that a... Netflix budget though, when it comes to beard and costumes. Yeah, we're kind of like flannels. Well, they had to make them all look. They same actors playing the young ones as playing the old ones, so that's gonna be yeah. It's gonna look a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, what, what I thought was really cool is what was the one like billing that it got in the middle of the trailer 
It was what the visionary that brought you. Oh, Mark. Yeah, Mark Miller. I mean, the, the, Rush the gas and yeah, I mean, some other terrible movie. Uh, but that's but that's Netflix using Mark Miller as as a marketing tool. He's a name for you know anyone that that Netflix is trying to market to there. That's cool that it's like a a comic book creator which you know he's more than that now, but it's neat that they're that they're using that as the billing. But do you think that's them using him to sell the show or it's Mark Miller going, listen, I'm not going to do this deal unless my name <laughs> is all I over the fucking thing. I think it may be both because they <laughs> they did a big deal where like all of his stuff, um, like what Netflix has a first right of refusal or something on well, they basically on own everything he already did because yeah. they like bought Millerverse. I mean, they they purchased mm-hmm. everything he had already done under that you know his yeah. own name. And then, yeah, I'm assuming they have a first right on anything that he does. So, like they're building him into a brand of of stuff to to produce content for. So, I think how much works. money Netflix? How much money can you throw at Alan Moore? Do you think there's enough money in the world for Alan Moore? There, not that much. Not that much gold exists in the world. Come on, every man has his price. Like, I, I, you know, you don't think if they if if Netflix was like. Two hundred million dollars, Alan. Uh, Two hundred million dollars yeah. for the next three ideas. I think he would go like Salvador Dali on him. It's like one million dollars a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that what he told? Um, uh, who was the Alice Cooper? No, the. Did you ever um, see that movie? The Dune. Who was Jodorowsky? Jodorowsky's Dune. That's what. That's, I think that's what uh, Dolly. One million dollars a second. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool. I'm always just like, like I say, I'm always like, I'm always a little bit surprised when like you watch a preview for something and you're like, oh, this looks like it's filmed really well. And then someone has what looks like the first pass of a beard. <laughs> you know, like or it's like Josh Jumel's gray beard did not look realistic. Yeah, or it's like the costumes kind of look like I, I'm like it feels like someone's like we're gonna fix those in post, right? And then like they're like we. Well, but to be fair, like superhero comics just look stupid in reality. Yeah, like, I, I yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like I think comic book costumes have made. In television and movies have made a huge leap in the last like uh, <laughs> ten years of being oh, yeah, less. Well, but like, okay, let me throw this out there. Maybe and you know, I obviously have no knowledge at all of, of any of it. But yeah, you know, the story of Jupiter's Jupiter's legacy is sort of all about the old, you know, legacy. conventional right. superheroes, the Superman and Batman, and the old school superheroes. And then it's about their offspring and this new generation who don't want to play by the same rules as these old characters, these legacy characters. It might be on purpose. Maybe. Well, the costumes, I'm, I'm wondering, because yeah. you know, in the comic, the costumes, were there was a definite sort of like distinction between the 
yeah. legacy characters' costumes were very superhero-y. Well, they were, they were 19 costumes. Were, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, then I'll just focus in on the fake beard. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, guys. It's just like, yeah. Uh, I didn't, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the difference. I can't tell the difference between a fake beard and a, they all look fake. All beards look fake. My, my wife, my wife did. We, <laughs> So we'll watch TV and and Marta and Marta will say, "Oh, that's a that's a that's a wig." And I was like, "What?" And so oh. she demystified how to detect if someone's wearing. It's all the color. It's like the color consistency of like, it's like when you see somebody with like a like an overly dyed beard, you know, where like the color, the the the. I believe this guy's now the coach of Indiana, but Mike Woodson, who used to be the Knicks coach, had this like black goatee that was just uniformly there was no black. There is no like change, yeah, like change or any yeah, like spray painted within it. Or it's like uh, maybe Josh can maybe he can't grow a beard. <laughs> well, not a long gray a long one. Not a long beard. gray one. But yeah, well, like, what else? What else are you gonna do over you know pandemic? No, I'm just glad he uh, he you know went from Taco Bell commercials to <laughs> to uh, yeah. giant blockbuster. I, I'm just saying I've seen people do some really great beard work with fake beards where you can't <laughs> tell that they're fake, and it's just one of those things <laughs> when I watch something. You watch something, it's like, oh, this is really expensive. And then you see a thing where you're like, that is a yeah. fake beard. <laughs> like, I, I understand. Yeah. It's like, and that's what that's I was saying. It, kind of, it looks like the comic. And yeah, it's sometimes to a fault. I think they could have gone a different direction. <laughs> this will be interesting because the costumes, little, yeah, it could be totally on purpose. The beard, I'm like, guys, the, come the, on. Beard. I don't know. I'm looking at the beard now. I'm looking at stills of the beard, and I'm like, "There's color variation. It's not like it's a Santa Claus." Beard. Maybe it's bad. Maybe it's just the shots were. It doesn't look bad. I mean, this one looks a little. It's. I think it's more his hair. Yeah, the hair doesn't help. The hair is not helpful. <laughs> There's something about it that's like styled, sort of like. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about hair, the hair and makeup. Well, it is odd, like, you look at the comic book, and why is this, like, why did he design him to look like Santa Claus? Why did, why did, uh, <laughs> what's his name? He's got, like, uniform, long, gray hair. hair and, I mean, he looks exactly like the, the comic book version. That's the thing, though, too, Maybe is, like, you could do a drawing of it, and it's like, yeah, he kind of looks like Santa Claus. But then when you hit, put a real person in a big white beard. <laughs> and a red Santa and white Claus. costume. <laughs> It's like that's Santa Claus. That's Santa. This guy, this guy looks like Santa. Yeah, it becomes a little becomes a little weird. <laughs> like I, we now have to put a real person in this big white beard, and, <laughs> and it, you can't help but get the Santa vibes. <laughs> it, like it, it, I guess you know what it is because I'm looking at pictures of the beard. It's like. Santa, it's like they put it on like this looks too much like Santa. Let's trim it. So I think that's like, Josh Dumel's beard. You think I that's think a real beard? Actually, well, oh, I'm God. looking at his like other pictures of him with it, and he has. Oh, so you think it's real but colored? I think it's real but whitened. I oh, think that could also be why it looks weird too, because there's like a weird. 
Well, I'm looking around beards. Dissect <laughs> Chris is just sitting back, like, what the? What are we talking? Oh, where'd, we, where'd Tom go? Well, we lost Tom. Tom. I'm bisected. Tom hit a. Uh, I feel like a Picasso. Go. I, got, I got. Oh, he's back. Hold on. And he's back. There we go. I'm sorry. I was going to say it's the one thing in the trailer that I was like, what? That immediately, <laughs> like. Maybe not. Maybe it's not a real beard. I don't know. I'm looking at Hard it. It could be real. It could be the coloring is the thing that that could be. He that grew makes it look a little. It was well, perfect. It is. Perfect. I mean, he can grow a good beard. I'm looking at a picture of him, but it's too dark. Right. So right. it might be like they whitened it up. Man. He's a handsome superhero looking. It's also like cool grandpa hair. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is 2021, Tom. I yeah, mean, I know, yeah. You know, I'm going to be a cool grandpa. You know, when you look at the comic, I guess when you look at the comic, it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's like, that. well, that looks cool in the comic. And then you put it on someone, and someone was probably like, huh. Mm. Should we say something? <laughs> we mention this? It's like sexy or? Santa Claus. <laughs> so what do we do? Ho, ho, ho. Uh yeah, well, you know it is. It, I, I, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure yeah. it'll be. Well, I hope so because I hope so because it's our next ACTV show. So <laughs> knowing how no, no well, these movies are these days, someone's probably working on it in post right now. It's, it could yeah. be like yeah, CGI. The, the, the nice thing, Sal, is that if it is terrible because it's on Netflix, we can just shotgun the whole thing and do a wrap up. This is true. I don't think it, it'll be terrible. I mean, I, no, I, no, I, think, I think it. No, I think it's going to be really good. I think it looks beautiful. Like as far as yeah. the cinematography of it, I think. I don't know what they used as far as like how to film it, and but the colors, it looks like most comic book stuff when they they super saturate the colors, mm -hmm. it's over. It's too much. And this just seems like just the right amount yeah. of of color saturation where it's like it's it's very vibrant and they're trying to go for sort of like a comic book feel, but it's not um Scott Snyder or not Scott Snyder, uh Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, uh, you know, everything's hyper colored and and hyper, you know, over the top kind of thing i don't know it just i just thought just watching that trailer it, it just felt very uh pretty like i was like wow this looks really good like it looks like a comic book come to life to me yeah. it just has that feel i remember but, the last time i said that what was <laughs> watching was the movie well yeah. i mean which it does look good yeah yeah, yeah it's and that watchman looked great so um you know and i actually i don't hate watching the movie i i recognize it for kind of what it is so um i'm okay with it being really true to the comic so we'll see I'm yeah looking forward to it um yeah i i am too i like the comic uh you've been reading the comic right I started uh, rereading the the first volume and kind of because it's been I mean, it's been a day or two since it came out and I am old and have zero recollection of anything that I read like, you know, two years ago. So yeah. I'm going to do a reread on it. I got you. I yeah, might do that. I'm enjoying it. Before. What, May 2nd? May 7th? May, May 7th. 
Seven, and eight. all of the Jupiter's Legacy stuff is available on Hoopla. Oh, beautiful. Perfect. Yep. yep. It's all all on the Hoopla, but it's only the Netflix editions that are that are on Hoopla. Wow. <laughs> Which I think are pretty much exactly the same as the other <laughs> editions. <laughs> They're not uh, tweaked. There was no notes given to uh to no. the creators. To... No, no, no post, no post work in those but yeah it's a uh, it's cool how those are being marketed um as you know, ne- now on netflix which netflix has done i was uh uh whenever we were uh, texting about the show today what i was going to talk about and and i'll save it um but i was going to make this my netflix special uh, we're going to talk about jupiter's legacy and then lock and key um sandman uh came out uh last week as did uh the old guard tales through time and i started thinking about it it's like holy shit all all of those have been netflix series at this point netflix is uh deep into the comics yeah Mm -hmm. which is super super awesome that's really cool content that is true the funny thing i i think about now looking at jupiter's legacy the movie and some i'm looking at some of the pictures series series sorry yeah um it's like why would these superheroes be gray haired like they're all like super gray but they're jack but they're 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 like 110 years old but obviously they're taking you know steroids and maybe hgh why wouldn't they just dye their hair at the same time like why why would you just let yourself you're maybe maybe that's ageism maybe they're comfortable (laughs) in their skin sal did you ever think about that uh no never (laughs) maybe they have no fucks to give (laughs) because every like every old person i know at this point has no fucks to give it's like yeah i get i'm going great when do you get yeah I, I just want to be great. Smoke a pipe. <laughs> well, it's no fair for you. You'd you'd take gray hair if you could get it. I mean, you know, you don't. I gave up when I started shaving my head. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. I got nothing else. I think that's all. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I think I think it'll be fun. I like Mark Miller stuff. Oh, he always he always makes big fun comics. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, kind of going back to the image thing. I was like, man, these guys made some bank. And Mark Miller owns them all because that dude has made some bank since he started writing comics. To know. Well, do you think, yeah, like he was sort of, he seemed to have an idea like, hey, I don't need Marvel or DC anymore. I can do this on my own. And he kind of, was really on the forefront of that yeah you know of 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 the newer group of creators and, and you know he he did the whole mo- he really cultivated his own fandom it didn't take him long to stop working on other people's properties and start making mm-hmm. like his stuff it was like you know authority that was you know he came in he was the second the second big arc <laughs> In that book, and it's still some of my favorite Mark Miller comics. They're oh yeah, uh, but yeah, it wasn't long after that. I mean, Mark Miller wasn't doing other people's properties. He was he was doing his own stuff. I I, I have a 
a Mark Miller story. I will. It's a secondhand story. Someone told me mm. about um, him when this was before the whole Netflix thing, but it was when like uh, Wanted had gotten mm-hmm. sold and sure. and you know he was really going Hollywood and, and allegedly he he talked to this creator and he's like I don't I'm going to paraphrase cuz I don't remember the exact words but it was something along the lines of like I'm making millionaires who wants to be a millionaire they're just giving us money it's stupid <laughs> so, you know, like, that's awesome just like Good for him just Good let's make him. a comic and it was he was talking to someone and it was about like let's just make a comic do you want to be a millionaire that was sort of his pitch yes, uh, yes like, please who More wants to do this next who what artist wants to do the next comic with me who wants to be a millionaire mm-hmm. was kind of his pitch because it was just like he knew that he he essentially had set up a you know a pipeline to Hollywood where it was just like anything I'm going to make is going to get, you know, sold and yeah. you're going to make a shit ton of money doing it. And he has, he, I mean, he, he, you know, is, I don't know. I don't I have no idea what the numbers are, but goddamn, he's got to be hope pretty big. I hope they're huge. Yeah. I, would I, I hope, I hope he is lighting cigars with hundred dollar bills because he deserves it. <laughs> does anyone deserve that much money? I don't know. Yes, he does, because he entertains the shit out of me. We've talked about it for a long time. He may not be the greatest comic book writer of all time, but goddamn, does he know how to close a story? Yeah, he always gives you, he always gives, you know. Yeah. He makes things satisfying. He knows how to tell a story. He he doesn't pretend that he's uh, something he's not. He never got it. He never, like... You know, he wasn't of the Warren Ellis or Grant Morrison or Alan Moore, you know, uh, ilk of his sort of kinsmen, if you will, mm-hmm. where it was like, I'm telling important stories. It was just like, no, I'm no. fucking writing comic books. You know, yeah. like, somebody, somebody's going to get a fist in the face and it's yeah. going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, it's so much bang. I His Marvel, as far as the Marvel work, I mean, think about the the impact that the ultimates had none of the mcu looks yeah, like oh, it right, does right. without mark mm-hmm. miller that is billions of dollars in movies that are i think you can directly draw a line to his vision of what the avengers could be i mean so many of those right. so many of those story points um made their way into the mcu so i hope he got he got paid for that because i mean not. Probably, probably not. If you know anything, and that, go, and that goes to that to the image thing. Todd McFarlane said exactly what you talked about uh, last week. Tom McFarlane was like, it would have taken so little from them to keep all of us, just 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 a taste, just a little bit, and we would have stayed because we really loved working on those characters and uh, it's what you said. It's like, it, it's so small. What, what those companies would have to do to do the right thing. So yeah, it was, it's worth watching. Do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Why is it the companies? Why is it comic book, comic book? Like, I guess it's not just comic. It seems to be any industry that is essentially, exploiting artists whether it's music or whatever movies or 
you know, movies not so much. Yeah, I guess anymore, mm, because but... it's been fought for. Yeah, exactly. It's been yeah, but uh, hell, even martial yeah. artists, you it's... see it in in the UFC. Like you, those you, guys... you want you want to know why unions are important? Talk to a comic book creator. Yeah, because no. that will show you how disposable companies. Well, you know, I think, think it depends on which comic book creator you talk to. Sure, <laughs> not John Byrne. <laughs> yeah, no. I think some of them would have different answers. To that. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe Casada may not give you the same answer that uh, um, yeah. you know some of the uh, old time that Gene Colan would give you. So, did you know? I think I told you guys this, but uh, that John Byrne has been—he's got like 13 issues of it's more the, than that, isn't it? I don't remember. It's a bunch of issues of X-Men continued from when he left. So it's like fan fiction, but it's fully penciled pages and issues yeah. of, he calls it X-Men. What the fuck is he calling it? I can't remember now. But there's full issues on his website of X-Men comics as if nothing happened you know, after he left and he just continued, he's just continuing the story. Which would have been what issue? When did he leave? That was, uh, well, maybe it's not when he left, but for, but that would have basically been, it, it starts like off 45 or so. One forty-five. Well, his continuation starts after, uh, the war on the, on the moon, the, the Phoenix mm -hmm. saga. That's one thirty-seven. Mm -hmm. Nerd. Um, so his story picks up as they're flying back from the moon from that battle. That's where he picks up. So I don't know if that's where he left or I can't remember. I don't I don't care enough to know. Um but uh I just thought that was pretty interesting that he's he continued to write fan fiction, write and draw fan fiction comics. X-Men comics. Well, I mean, he's not doing anything else, right? I suppose, yeah. I, I yeah, it's just mm -hmm. wouldn't you I don't know. I, that just seems like the weirdest thing. No, it's it's, it's not. It's the most John Byrne thing ever. <laughs> I mean, really, right? I don't know. Uh, it, it just seems like I mean, it, that much energy towards what i don't know like just that, your ego right like that's yeah. just feeding your ego so it's got a crowd of people who want to be like oh more john Byrne x-men oh for sure yeah. i mean i like it i i, yeah. I you know i mean I, it's, I, weird. it's weird oh it's super weird oh it's, okay that's funny that's why okay yeah 153 is this issue if you remember it mm. that was that was i think when the banff was first appearance that's the uh that's the the kitty pride pirate dream mm. or whatever it was so um anyway all right we gotta wrap this one up boys okay okay that's, dad it's time Get to go back to boy uh, uh real quick uh you can always uh email the show info at roundcomics.com check us out on all the social media stuff we have our patreon at patreon.com uh, slash around comics where you'll get all sorts of extra Ooh. stuff, interviews and and future stacks Wait. and tom verses and yes we have two new patrons oh yes week. 
that I need to say hello to and give a shout out. Their official patron shout out to. Just give me one second here so I can pull up their names. And they will be able to listen to stuff like ACTV and Tom Versus. And it's like $5 a month. And my wife thinks we're crazy that we're giving away too much stuff on the Patreon. Well, but maybe we. She's very demanding. She's a very demanding woman, but I love her. She wants to cut. Thank you, Nat, for being a patron. That's all. That's the only name he gave was Nat N A T. It so. could be. It's, it's not not necessarily a he. This is true. It could be a she. It could be a, that could a be something a Natanya else. or a Natasha. Uh, and then Matt, uh, Matt, Matt C, Matt Colbert, Colbay, Colbert, Matt Colbert, Colbert. Matt Colbert. Uh, I'm assuming related to Steve Colbert. <laughs> It's, um, even if it's not, it's going to be. So thank you guys both for being patrons of the show. We really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. And thank I say you. guys, Jesus, Chris, now you got me doing it. Like, <laughs> hey, I don't know if Nat's a guy or a girl or whatever. Nat, I say guy. It could be either. Uh, whatever. If you're a female. It's, right. it's okay. It's okay, Sal. It's all right. Jeez. It's going to be okay. Um, I think we're, yeah, we're going to talk Invincible this week. And uh, then we're moving on to Jupiter's Legacy. So you'll get some more Jupiter's Legacy, a lot more Jupiter's Legacy talk. A lot more on beard the, uh, talk. The Patreon. Yep. All right, uh, fellas. Always a great time. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. In the meantime. In between time. We'll be everywhere in. And around. around beards. Comics and fake beards. Yeah.